Hello, and welcome to episode 26 of Encore. I'm your host, Tony Franchetti. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by GIA's Advent Audio Calendar. Join us each day of Advent to celebrate this sacred season with scripture, music, and reflection. Each reflection will be read by GIA staff members throughout the season. You can find the Advent Audio Calendar now at soundboard.giamusic.com. And with that, I'm very excited to welcome on today's guest. She is a GIA slash WLP recording artist and music director at St. Francis of Assisi, right in the heart of New York City. She is Meredith Augustine. Meredith, I appreciate you taking time to join us today. How are things in New York besides cold? Well, <clears throat> honestly, <laughs> I'm not in New York right now. Oh, I'm okay. in West Virginia. Um, I have a big Christmas show uh, on Thursday night. So with uh, John? In- Yesterday, no, not with John. He's a um, his name is Bobby Nicholas. He's a okay. big entertainer around West Virginia. So awesome. I uh, joined him yearly in his Christmas show, and it's Thursday night. So awesome. um, I'm out of the city. It's equally as cold in West Virginia. <laughs> awesome, that's cool. Look at we got you. Yeah, while you're traveling, very cool. Yeah. All right, so we'll jump right into the uh, interview here. First question, just kind of a basic kind of get to know you better for. Our, question for our listeners you know just tell us a little bit about your your roots and upbringing maybe what led you originally to WLP and you know maybe what led you also to St. Francis. Great well I was born and raised in West Virginia and I have forever been in music since I was the story is that is when I was little my mom didn't want me to have my pacifier anymore (laughs) so she was like from now on you have to sing yourself to sleep so then I've been singing ever since. Um, so, and, and my mom was a music director in the church when I was, you know, young and growing up. And incidentally, one, the first solo I ever sang in church was the prayer of St. Francis. And it's so, so, you know, it's so funny that, you know, now 40 some years later, I'm working for the friars in the church of St. Francis of Assisi in New York city. Of course. But um, so I, so I was born and raised in West Virginia. I, I didn't ever study music. I studied, I went to Wheeling Jesuit and had an undergraduate in psychology mm-hmm. with a minor in Spanish. And then my graduate work is in rehabilitation counseling from WVU. So I have a master's from there, but I always just, I sang my whole life. I guess I got introduced to World Library because John Ingotti is also from West Virginia. Um, right. Our grandparents uh, came over from Italy on like the same kind of area. And they all settled in um, North Central West Virginia in a place called Anmore. Mm-hmm. So his mom actually taught my mom piano lessons. Oh, wow. She, yeah, she, <laughs> she, she taught me piano lessons from age seven to 12. And then I was kind of done, but she was, she was a, a great lady. So that's kind of my, you know, my history with John. And then in the church um, here in Morgantown, West Virginia, we always worked together. And then we had a a wedding band that we that we worked together. So when he um, was introduced to World Library, I was on all the all the early recordings. Yeah, and um, so that's how I became a part of World Library. I left West Virginia in 1997 um, for New York City, and I've been there ever since. So, okay, awesome. Let's see. I've been yeah. working with you for almost seven years now, and I did not know you were originally from West Virginia. So yes, that's, see? that's cool. Yeah. And I also thought it was interesting, too, to hear that you were, um, you know, studying like rehabilitative services. That's, you know, that's yeah. an interesting. And I feel like there's some kind of, you know, 
some things you could take from that to kind of apply to your, you know, your oh, ministry yeah, position as well. Absolutely. You mentioned your mom being a music director, so kind of, you know, an early musical influence for you. But mm -hmm. I, I always like, in, you know, asking this question to different uh, musicians is kind of who were some of the people that you grew up kind of listening to that, you know, influenced you a little bit? I think music in general and has, you know, had a had a major influence on me from the classical side to like the rock and roll side to jazz to R&B. My parents both love music always listened to everything so it's funny now <laughs> i'll be driving and you know the xm radio will come on and they'll have these songs from the 70s and I, and i'm singing like every word oh yeah myself why do i like the like late 70s early why do i know every word to these songs but it's like but i guess it just sort of you know it's that ear sort of thing my soul is jazz okay. i am um, resonate yeah. you know deeply with with jazz in general um probably my my favorite you know jazz artist is ella fitzgerald yeah i i adore her but you know i adore them all really sarah vaughn billy holiday i don't know they they speak charlie parker i i listen to him a lot just for phrasing things you know ballad singing but there's so so many things that you extract from from it it's hard to really pinpoint it for sure um and and also being in different bands you know, growing up, I like the John and Gotti band was more of a wedding reception band. So we used to cover all kind of things from country mm -hmm. to, you know, to soul to like standards and things like that. But I also worked um, for a band called a production company and basically did like their disco set. So that was that yeah. was really fun. So having yeah. to kind of learn that. And then I worked with a, um, the Real Silk Band, which was in out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which was all smooth jazz. So I you know, having to learn those things and kind of get inside the music is yeah. has has really benefited me. And I think just being exposed to so much music. I remember one of the first concerts, big concerts I ever attended was George Winston. And that okay. was amazing. Um, also, Ferranti and Teicher. I don't even know if you would know those I names. I don't know. <laughs> they were a piano duo that were amazing. And I, um, so when I was really, really young, I used to listen to their record like constantly. So, yeah, sort of smorgasbord. Yeah, a little bit of everything, but jazz kind of has your your heart, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. that communication thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I, I would imagine that uh, a good amount of our listeners are already familiar with uh, your recording albums that you have through WLP, Boundless Mercy, Deep River, and Come and Go With Me. But could, mm -hmm. uh, for those that are not familiar, could you just give us a little background on those albums? Sure. So... While I have composed some music, I'm not necessarily a composer. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm more of an interpreter of song. Mm -hmm. So the first record was Come and Go With Me. And it was sort of um, a brainchild of Mary Preet, who used to head up um, World Library. Right. Because I was you know, traveling with John and it was a product. And also as an interpreter of song, you know, something that would that you know would kind of be good for people just to just to have in their library mm -hmm. so um gary dago produced that and we recorded that in atlanta mm -hmm. um and ed bolduck's studio and it was an amazing experience uh gary gary sort of has the ability to get inside of my mind <laughs> and um and allows like my interpretation to sort of lead the way and we had a 
great myriad of musicians on that. Um, mm-hmm. Val Parker, his name, he goes by Yoel now, but he um, used to play with Grayson Warren Brown. He's a phenomenal piano player. And he's also just very jazz kind of gospel bass. So, you know, his mind kind of expanded. The bass player, incidentally, on that record, um, his name is J.V. Collier. Mm-hmm. And I actually met JV at a Bruce Hornsby concert because he plays bass for Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> wow. And he was very captivating. And so after the show, I was able to meet him and uh, have just had a long-term friendship since then. But it was, a, it was great to have him on that record because his mind uh, was also very expansive. And um, and Brian Wolf, who's an excellent drummer who played with Sharon Jones of the Dap Kings and... Uh, it was just a really great time, and it was kind of sacred that time. And I think the record really it's it's wonderful. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I really um, I I I was very proud of that. I was done a long time ago, and then um, they wanted to have a follow up. So Deep River <clears throat> was recorded in New York City. Okay, Gary again was um, kind of, kind of produced that Gary Daigle. And that was equally as fun. I was actually pregnant with my second child when I recorded that. Another myriad of musicians, John Benitez, who's a Grammy award-winning bassist, um, Dave Kikowski played uh, keys, Tony Cintron played drums, Brian Wolfigan played drums on some of that. So it was also a really um, fun time to sort of, sort of expand. And Boundless Mercy came um, <clears throat> because I was asked to compose the theme song for LA Congress. Right. And, you know, it's always, as publishers, it's always nice to have a product to sell. Of course. Of course. And, um, <laughs> and while I'm not a composer, uh, it, it sort of a brainchild was just to sort of grab some songs from along with Boundless Mercy to, to be able to sell that at Congress. So Excellent. So as we mentioned, you are currently music director at St. Francis of Assisi in NYC. So I'm just wondering, how has your experience, you know, at such a a large, vibrant church, you know, the hustle and bustle of Manhattan, you know, kind of helped shape you and your ministry? It's been such a rewarding experience. I'm going on my 16th year there. Wow. Um, And I worked for the Friars of the Holy Name Province for 26 years. Before I was, um, when I left New York, I mean, when I left West Virginia for New York, I began working at a Franciscan parish in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. And it was very suburban, you know, beautiful, right, right by Giant Stadium. But um, I was just about to say, yeah, right by (laughs) that. Yeah. But a very suburban parish, um, you know, with CCD and and just like your normal kind of parish. And then St. Francis of Assisi in New York City is the mother house for mm-hmm. the Holy Name Province. And the pastor had called and he said, I need you. So they haven't had like a gazillion masses, but they had two evening masses, a five o'clock and a 6.15 on Sunday nights. And he's like, I need you. I need what you do to come. So mm-hmm. I was able to do my work in East Rutherford in the morning because we didn't have an evening mass. And then I would go to Manhattan and do two evening masses. Wow. And it really kind of took off, kind of, you know, bringing in the contemporary. They never had the piano infused in the liturgy at all. So it was mm-hmm. kind of the first time that kind of stuff was done. Um, <clears throat> so then the, his, the director of music position opened up there. 
And it was really daunting for me because, you know, I don't, I'm not a, a schooled, you know, musician. Right. The woman there before me was there for 19 years and she has a PhD in medieval music. She's a brilliant, oh, wow. <laughs> like early music. Yeah. She's, she's really, she's remarkable. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is he thinking? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And he's like, no, I, I, you know, I really want you to pull to apply. And I, I remember I called Gary Daigle. He's sort of like a, a mentor for me, kind of, it's just a source to go to. And, and I said, I, I can't, I mean, like the choir, the choir members like were paid, like from some of them saying at the Met mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I, I and he was like, go do what you do. Just go and do what you do. So it was really, it was daunting, but you know, I always love that phrase jump and your life will appear. And so I did. I and so it really, uh, it was a, a eye opening experience in that it's, it's like a melting pot. I mean, we mm-hmm. have, you know, we're right in the heart of New York City and there are so many different nationalities who worship with us. Right. And to be able to kind of open up like a canvas and sort of paint a- a- around with different genres of music because they didn't really have that before I came. It was more of kind of a, you know, him and Motet. Right? Yeah. Like again, the, like there was no piano infused, no right, more traditional stuff. Kind so of, it was yeah. very traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was so uh, beautiful to sort of watch the transition and um, those evening masses that barely had anybody in them when I started became standing room only. Oh wow! Because people, you know, c- people came to sing and and That's worship. Awesome. So it's it's again it it. it, it it's not, it's like an urban ministry center. So we don't have your typical like suburban, suburban parish. So we have, um, we're a shrine church to St. Anthony. So we have a huge devotion to St. Anthony. Like I didn't, I'm not a really devotion person myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up with that. Um, but on the feast of St. Anthony on June the 13th, we have masses like every hour on the hour and they're standing room only. And we give out like 80,000 loaves of bread that day because wow. there's such a huge devotion to St. Anthony. And it's, I mean, people from everywhere kind of flock. So like that yeah. was hugely eye-opening to me. We've also had a bread line since the Great Depression. So we feed the homeless every morning, 365 days a year. And That's excellent. that um, is upwards of like three to 400 people a day. Wow. Um, right now, we sort of have adapted because you know the migrant situation mm-hmm. we've had busloads and busloads and busloads of migrants um just dropped off in the middle of new york city it's cold right they a lot of them come from the jungles of venezuela so we've opened up we have a, an immigration uh center and so we've opened up like a drop-in center where we're servicing these families uh a couple of days a week um, this coming weekend, we have a, a Christmas party for migrant children. So it's really, it's nice. you know, it's kind of inner city. And we have, you know, we have a lot of homeless who, who actually live outside the church that we're, that we're all, they're all our friends. And, yeah. and um, it's just, it's a really, um, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, absolutely. I, I knew you guys did, you know, a, a good amount of homeless outreach, but just hearing you guys going above and beyond, that's just really, and especially this season, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's so nice to hear. Uh, that you guys are looking out for. We just want to say 
that St. Francis of Assisi um, hosts all of GIA sponsored reading sessions in New York. Yes, so yes. Um, I've been working with Meredith on those for since I started at GIA in 2016. And just want to thank you publicly for making always making my job easier. You know, it's oh, it's, and it's uh, St. Francis of Assisi is just a great place for us to go. Always draw a lot of people and um, and just to hear, you know, the great things going on at, at your church is is uh, really excellent, especially as thank I mentioned you. during the, the Christmas season. Awesome. So again, I'm super happy I was able to secure you for a short interview today. I know oh, it's oh, a yes, crazy time for church music directors. So in the spirit of that, can you just enlighten us a little bit about how uh, crazy it is? For you at St. Francis of Assisi, maybe um, you mentioned a couple, you know, the special celebrations that you guys have going on and stuff like that. But uh, what has your uh, last couple of weeks and your looking ahead to until uh, the end of the Advent <laughs> season? How's that been for you? <clears throat> well, it's it's been um, very fruitful. I will say that, you know, as I am the director of music, but I also work a lot as a pastoral associate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and my bright idea for Advent was to have soup and scripture on Monday nights. So I've been cooking soup every Monday night for upwards of like 30 some people who come to, to um, reflect on Sunday's gospel. And it's been crazy. Thank God we have like a, an industrial kitchen, but I'm, you know, (laughs) it's like every week I'm like, Oh, what soup am I going to make this week for 30 people? So this past Monday, I made um, cream of broccoli soup and Ooh, it was yeah. so arduous. Like I had to cut 12 pounds of broccoli <laughs> up to feed and I make rolls like homemade rolls. Um, so that's it, awesome. it's, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's, it's probably making it harder than it should be, but you know what? It's cold and it's, it's great to sort of, since COVID, you know, COVID hit, hit us all. And I think I'm, I'm speaking um, for the, the whole, the whole church. You know, you're not seeing as many, it's almost like you have to recultivate the communities that you had. Right. <clears throat> so, and it's, that's part of like the, the brainchild be, behind it is like to sort of bring community back together. And mm-hmm. it's really been wonderful. But so that's kind of funny every Monday after my weekend on Monday, I'm like, okay, it's time <laughs> to make the soup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we had a great Advent morning of reflection. Angela O'Donnell, who's a professor at Fordham wrote a beautiful book of poetry called Holy Land. So we all reflected on that. Um, we just had a huge volunteer Christmas party. We have over a hundred and some volunteers. So we had, a, yeah. we, uh, my, there's three lay ministers who work. So my other two coworkers and I helped put that on for the volunteers. So that that's fun. And then Sunday I have my carols with the choir, uh-huh. which uh, is, a, is the Christmas concert, but we, um, we do a lot of carols and invite the assembly to sing the carols, you know, known carols with us and beautiful string um, quartet, uh, beautiful soloist. So it'll, it'll be exciting. Yeah. Saturday we have the migrant Christmas party. So there's a lot happening. And then it's nice that Christmas is on a Sunday that really helps right. life a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't have a five o'clock mass on that Sunday. So that's Ooh. good. <laughs> um, so it's nice. I'll have next week to sort of, adjust my sales to Christmas Eve and Christmas day, but it's always beautiful. We have um, a choral prelude at midnight mass and we have brass quartet and a string quartet. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun. Yeah, definitely fun, <laughs> yeah. busy, but fun for sure. Busy but yeah. fun, Rewarding. Awesome. Definitely. 
you were also a member of the Gather for Hymnal Committee. So I'm just wondering, you know, a little bit about uh, how that was working on the hymnal, just kind of your, yeah, your experience being on the committee. It was an honor and a privilege to be a part of like that history. I was truly grateful for the um, leadership of Kate Williams. Mm-hmm. I think that we all worked very diligently for two years. I don't think people realize right what that's about exactly and that whole kind of process yep. come together monthly mm-hmm. and um and victoria was amazing sort of like secretary and like taking all the notes we actually vote on every song right you know that that so it's just <laughs> this it's this amazing process that you know i was just a privilege to be a part of yeah and um i think it's a, a great tool uh, for the church yeah definitely i don't think yeah. you know you don't really you know, outsiders don't really understand just quite how long that process is. You know, yes. like you said, a couple years meeting monthly, uh, mm-hmm. intense discussions. And uh, but you guys, you know, you guys put together a, a really good committee, uh, you know, representatives from kind of a, around different yeah. parts of the country, All different experiences. Country, yeah. So uh, it really, you know, and it shows definitely in, in the. Yeah, it was as great. Well. It, it was also great. You know, I mean, there were some some seasoned people like Michael Sohavy obviously have, has done this so many times. And right. so he was really helpful. David Anderson is such a great, you know, oh, yeah. resource. Great resource. Um, yeah. And, and also a comedian. So I was like, going to say, he, he, yeah, he keeps, he keeps the mood light too. He, he, <laughs> he made it um, all the more entertaining. <laughs> Definitely. I was um, very curious to ask you this question because we were all certainly geeking out while we were watching you. But um, earlier this year, um, you had the privilege of singing backup vocals for Patti LaBelle on Good Morning America. So yes. I, got, I just had have to ask <laughs> what, you know, that whole experience was like, because I had to be really something special. This huge, huge blessing. Yeah. You know, it's um, life is interesting how it's, you know, how it just reveals itself and people who come into your lives and it just really it was a privilege it was kind of a one-off thing because patty has her own background singers who she's worked with for years Mm -hmm. but this was a one-off thing at good morning america because it was robin givens uh not robin is that her name robin Uh, robin is it robin roberts or robin roberts robin givens i think she was mike tyson's (laughs) wife robin givens um 20th anniversary on the show Mm -hmm. and so she loves patty and so it so i got a call and i was like are you sure like me and the music director was like um yeah i'm very sure so it was one of those things it was sort of like i knew about it but i i wasn't i didn't say anything to anybody because i wasn't really sure if it was really going to happen and yeah <laughs> and then it just sort of <laughs> happened um but and it was also kind of on the ends of covid so there's lots of covid testing and sure. you know things sort of had to be in place we didn't have we rehearsed that morning um, there were two other background singers, uh, amazing women. Um, it, it was really, it, I mean, I, I, it was, I was speechless. Yeah. Um, you know, she, Patty is just a lovely, lovely person. She's like 77 years old. She's still wearing like, you know, six inch heels and <laughs> <laughs> like sings her butt off. Oh yeah. Um, she just, she's, she's amazing. Um, so it was really, it was fun a lot yeah. of fun but you know is it, it was really you know they these people like i don't they have to be at at work at like 4 30 5 o'clock in the morning 
every day. Oh yeah. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to bed at like six? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So it, um, it, it was really a privilege. Yeah. That's super cool. I and remember... thank you guys for all your support. Everybody was just so, so supportive. And, um, it was, yeah, yeah cool. of course. I'm. Mean, it was on the... Holy Thursday too, so it was yeah. like, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get ready. I remember, we got the word like a couple of days before, like, oh, Meredith's going to be on GMA, and you know, turning <laughs> on that morning scene, you were like, oh my god, this is awesome. And then it I saw fun. you post that picture with Michael Strahan too, so that was cool. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, awesome. So uh, we'll transition to kind of a more uh, kind of casual Christmas themed kind of part of the interview here. So. First one I got for you. Can you tell us your top three Christmas songs? Doesn't have to be in a in a, in order. I know oh, it's kind sweet. of a tough question. Yeah, I love Karen Carpenter, and I love Merry Christmas, Darling. I think that would be number one. Okay. I love Donny Hathaway. So this Christmas uh, is probably number two. Um. I also love the Carol. I want. I wonder as I wander. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, I just find there's such beauty in that. I don't know. And I also love Sweet Little Jesus Boy. Sweet Little Jesus Boy. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I. I mean, the traditional carols are just. You know, yeah. but some of those kind of eccentric ones. I. I sent you um, two kind of eccentric tracks that I just finished. Um, yeah. Both equally. Um, I. I mean, I love those. The the opportunity to sort of. Um, just, just kind of sing in the bleak midwinter, mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, that track was really, it was poignant. I mean, I'd never, yeah. I didn't really know that carol inside and out, and to mm-hmm. be able to sort of interpret that with the band was, um, was awesome. And um, a child is born, like I, I didn't really know that. It's a jazz, you know, a jazz. It, it, it originally was just an instrumental, yeah. and then. And then words were put to it. So there's so there's so much music, but I think probably definitely Merry Christmas, Darling is number one. Okay, for sure. Yeah, I know that's a that's a tough one to ask because you could just kind of keep naming them. Yeah, sure. Like next one, (laughs) maybe a little (laughs) bit easier, but it could also be kind of the same way. But top three Christmas movies. I don't. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't. I remember this being a question, and I was remember going. Christmas movies, like yeah, I probably Annie. Yeah, yeah, that works. Um, I don't. I love like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh yeah, all time cave, you know, yeah, and classic and Frosty, Rudolph Frosty. And yep. Frosty, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't consider those really movies, but but Rudolph definitely would would take the whole cake yeah. for me. Are you a fan of like Elf or like National Lampoon Christmas? Kind of like the comedies. Not, Not as much. Really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think like I love that they always have movies that come out on Christmas Day. Yeah. But like as a director of music, the last thing I want to do is go <laughs> sit in a movie. I mean, like, like a Christmas Day. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Okay. Awesome. So next one, and we'll wrap up on this question. Thank you again for even taking your time today. Of course. But, but this one is just kind of a kind of I guess more geared toward your family um do you guys have any kind of special family Christmas traditions that you do this time of year oh wow um yeah I guess I'll start I know I come from a big Italian family so growing up uh Christmas was huge Mm -hmm. um 
and loud right especially especially <laughs> christmas eve yes very loud christmas eve especially but you know because we always did the the fishes and yeah, um you know fishes, we, and um and we all like the whole family sort of gathered and um it it was an important time for all of us and we always we all used to spend the night together um everybody in like in the and we wake up christmas day with my my cousins and stuff so and we used to also bake a lot before so my family's from calabria okay yeah we have this um fruitcake called pizza piatta mm-hmm. and um and they're like little italian fruitcakes so that would like would be like a whole day literally take two days to make the dough one day and then you roll these things out the next day and it was kind of eternal but um when i moved from from west virginia to new york that was the hardest thing for me because yeah. i couldn't i could because i never worked as a director of music before until i moved to new york mm-hmm. but that meant that like i wasn't ever going home right for the holiday again right. and that was really it was hard, really hard for me and then i had my own children and you know what do you do because you're at mass until like 2 a.m and then you have to be up and back at mass at like 8 a.m right so when they were really little it used to work but then when they um got older gratefully my family always takes them mm-hmm. at christmas like like they don't ever remember waking up Christmas morning with me being there opening up presents. Right. Um, right. It's just not part of, and people are like, oh, that's really sad. But like, they don't really know it any different. They know what my job is. And they're exactly. like 15 and 16 now. So they're just like, oh, it's Christmas. We're, we're hanging with the family and we'll see you when we see you kind of <laughs> right. thing. And, and so one thing that we, that we um, do every year uh, is we always put up the tree the same day as they like the Rockefeller Christmas tree. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, um, it's always on the TV. And then like we're decorating, putting up the tree at the same, the same time that that's yeah. happening. So that's sort of um, a thing. And and now we sort of do Christmas before Christmas because they, they'll travel, but at least they, you know, get their right. presents get and time, things like that. Know, yeah. So um, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's just one of those things you just adapt. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Well, we are done. This has been great. Thank you so well, thank again you, so Tony. much. Yeah. And this have has been awesome. you know have a beautiful holiday with your baby. Yeah. Thank you it's so be much. Fun. He's gonna be ripping up presents. And- oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's been a blast. That you know he's 15 months now. So uh, last year, obviously, you know, too young. And yeah. still, he doesn't really know what's going on. Like we took him to see Santa. We were just happy he didn't cry. So oh, <laughs> that was good. a win. <laughs> yeah. But it's been it's been such a a special time with him for sure so okay. thank you well, so enjoy. much thank yeah, you for wish... having me of course yeah. best of luck on your concert tonight too thanks so much all right take, take care, care. Bye. bye we appreciate you tuning in for that interview with meredith augustine gia slash wlp recording artist and music director at saint francis of assisi catholic church in new york city last week meredith sent me a couple tracks that she recently recorded with a group of local manhattan musicians and we wanted to play a clip of each to help get you in the Christmas spirit a little bit more. A special thank you to Meredith for sending these tracks to play for you all. The first one is In the Bleak Midwinter.
The second clip is A Child is Born. Thank you for tuning into episode 26 of Encore. From all of us here at GI Publications, we want to wish you all happy holidays. To our listeners, thank you for all your support throughout the year and for trusting us with your music needs. Encore will be back in 2023. Be sure to stay up to date to our social media channels and soundboard.gimusic.com. Until next time, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everyone.